Hey, hey, everybody, this is Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. You guys, last week we broke a record. That's right, episode 26 featuring my husband. The episode was called Making Love Outside the Bedroom. That was my highest podcast numbers to date. So many of you all had reached out to me on social media and told me about how much that episode meant to you. So that just blesses my heart so much. I'm so thankful that you got something out of that. And of course, I'm so thankful that my husband was a part of that episode as well. So today, you guys, we have another great one for you. I'm riding solo today, but have no fear. We're going to get into a really important conversation. It's an important conversation because so many couples are dealing with what I'm calling lopsided libido. That's right. It's when your sex drives are different. And so we're going to talk all about that in today's episode. Let's jump into it. All right, all right, you guys. Well, we're about to jump into today's conversation. We are continuing in our series called All About Sex. We just got a couple more episodes in this series, and then we are going to be switching gears, talking to the single ladies and the single brothers. So if you have any single friends, be sure to share this podcast with them. They are going to be so encouraged by the guests that we're going to have in this series. I cannot wait. Well, last year, you guys, I taught a class called Wife Life, What Your Man Wish You Knew. I love that class, and I love the women who were in that class. Everyone was in there to become better wives. I loved it. One of the ladies in the class one day actually stepped up and asked a very great question, and she said, what do you do if you are the one with the higher sex drive? We had actually been talking about managing your husband's expectations, and most of the women in the class felt like their husbands were constantly asking for sex all the time. And so as we began to flesh that out, she said, well, what if I'm the one who wants to have sex way more than my husband? And so today, you all, we are going to dive into that a little bit. I'm not going to use generalizations and assume that it's always the husband who has the higher sex drive because quite often it's the wife. There are many wives who feel like their sexual needs are not being met. There are many wives who wish that their husbands would show a little bit more interest in them. Their husbands would initiate sex more. So regardless of whether you are the spouse who feels like your spouse can't get enough and they're always asking for more, or maybe you're the one who you can't get enough and you need more, this episode is for you. So I just want to just start off by saying that if you are someone who is dealing with different sex drives, you are in good company. It is totally normal. Many couples deal with this. Having different sex drives is no different than having different food desires. Or maybe one spouse is interested in sports, the other spouse is interested in the arts. One spouse might like rom-coms, the other spouse might like suspense movies. There's nothing wrong with you if you have different sex drives. You just need to learn how to manage that, and you need to learn how to come up with a plan that's going to be mutually beneficial for the both of you. Another thing that you need to realize is that having different sex drives is often temporary. So many people end up going through these different stages in their relationship, in their marriage, And they get all discouraged thinking that this is going to be your new norm. And that's not necessarily the case. If you are dealing with some stressors, like we're all dealing with COVID-19, right? I mean, come on, it's 2021 and we're still dealing with COVID-19. Anyway, I digress. But we're all stressed out, right? 
a lot of times if you have stressors on your life, if there's a sudden change in your life, good or bad, that can lead to you having a decreased sex drive. Sometimes you all, it's also a medical condition. So I want you to make sure that you talk with your doctor to find out if there's any issues that you need to address. Certain medications, there's blood pressure medications that can affect your sex drive. Women who are on birth control, that can also affect your sex drive. Being afraid of getting pregnant (laughs) can also affect your sex drive. I mean, there are literally dozens and dozens of reasons that your sex drive might be decreased or might be mismatched from your spouses. But you definitely want to go ahead and rule out that it's not a medical condition. Let's just assume it's not a medical condition. The rest of this podcast episode is going to be dedicated to helping you to get your libido on the same level, okay? So we need to understand that having a healthy sex life is more about quality, not quantity. What do I mean by that? Let's say you and your spouse only have sex once every other week, but it's amazing. Both of you leave that sexual encounter feeling totally satisfied, feeling connected, feeling like this is the best thing ever. That, my friends, is a better outcome than you having sex five times a week and it being, eh, I could do without it. So it's not necessarily that you need to be having sex every single day, okay? I definitely believe that a healthy married couple should have sex often. There's just so many benefits. You've likely heard me really encouraging couples to make sure that you take care of this particular area in your marriage. What you don't want to do is neglect your sexual intimacy and end up becoming the couples who are in sexless marriages. It is no fun for anybody involved, all right? So what we do need to understand, though, is that it is quality over quantity. If you are someone who has sex, let's say twice a week, and you guys are good with that, you're fine. Don't allow the pressures of other couples and what other people are telling you to do to somehow ruin what you have if you've got a good thing going. Now, the problem becomes is if you only want to have sex twice a week and then your spouse wants to have sex seven times a week, all right, what do you do with that? Well, the answer is not to have sex two times a week. And the answer is not to have sex seven times a week. This, my friends, is where you're going to have to pull out some good negotiating skills, okay? A good negotiator realizes that you have to give something to get something. And so I would recommend that you talk about what is sex. Now, that might seem kind of like elementary, like, what do you mean, Dana? Everybody knows what sex is. But the truth of the matter is, and we talked about this a little bit on episode 24 with Sheila Ray Gregoire, talking about defining sex. What is it that you're looking for? Because your spouse might be telling you, I need more sex, but they might not necessarily mean penetration, okay? And so ask that question, what do you mean by you need more sex? What are you looking for? What do you want to do? Do you want to explore? Do you want to do something different? Does it always have to be penetration? So have that conversation. But when you negotiate, you're going to be telling your spouse, this is what I need. This is what I want. Not you shouldn't want this and you shouldn't want that. You're talking about what you need and what you want and then allowing your spouse the freedom to then tell you, well, this is what I need and this is what I want. And then you all can come to some kind of, hopefully some kind of happy medium. 
Listen, if you are a woman and your husband is the one who's saying that he's not being fulfilled, that he needs sex more often, this might be one of those situations that you ask him, like, is it penetration that you need? Because ladies, I bet if you say, do you just want oral sex? He would be perfectly fine with that. We oftentimes assume what our partners actually want and what they need, and we haven't actually asked. So ask him, what would you like for me to do for you? Now, if he says penetration, he says penetration. That just is what it is. And then you're going to have to come back to the drawing board and try to figure out a way to actually make it work for the both of you. So let's talk about how to have these conversations, okay? What you don't want to do is shame your spouse. Regardless of which side of the fence you're on, if you are the spouse that always is lacking, you're the one with the high sex drive, you definitely do not want to go to your spouse and say something like, what is wrong with you? How come you're never into sex? I mean, when we got married, you weren't like this. I mean, my goodness, false advertisement. Hello. Like, you don't want to do stuff like that. Okay. Shame is never a good motivator. Now, on the flip side, if you're the spouse who you don't require a lot of sex, it's your spouse who's actually the the more sexually um, desirable one or the one who wants sex more, I guess I should say, you don't want to shame that spouse and be like, oh, you're so nasty. Oh my gosh, you know, how come you always want sex? That's all you do is talk about sex. You have some kind of problem. Are you looking at porn? Like you don't want to go there either because again, Shame is never a good motivator. So you want to be able to have grown-up conversations. Talk about what you need. Talk about what you want. Listen to your spouse talk about what he or she needs and what he or she wants. In communicating, you guys, you're going to learn something about your spouse. And isn't that the beautiful thing about conflict? You know, I, I say this quote often. It's that communication is not about agreement, but it's about understanding. And so when you're able to have a conversation with someone, your spouse in this particular instance, and they're able to tell you, this is what I want, this is what I need, you might not agree and that's okay. But guess what? Now you've learned something about your spouse. You've learned about something that's really important to him or her, and hopefully you've learned why. And that is going to help you all to connect better. And isn't that the whole purpose of sex? You see, sex is not just a release. It's not just something we do because we're bored. It's not just something that we do out of obligation. Sex is really a beautiful way for us to connect with our spouses. And so sometimes, y'all, you'll start having these conversations about sex and you'll find yourself getting a little bit horny, okay? You will want to have sex the more you talk about sex. Trust me. So make sure that you're having these conversations and make sure that they're honest and be vulnerable. Ask the questions that you need answered. Don't skip over this, you guys. So many couples are so ashamed to talk about sex in their marriage. And we've talked about this again. This whole series has been all about sex. So make sure that you go back and you listen to every episode because there's different nuggets laced into every single one. Today, we're just really drilling down on the whole different sex drives thing, okay? Now, speaking of obligation, sex should never be an obligation. You do not want to be in a situation with your spouse where the only reason that you're having sex with him or her is because you feel like you have to. That's no fun. And your spouse can tell if you're really in it or if you're not. Even if you fake an orgasm, yes, they know when you're faking an orgasm, okay? They probably don't want to tell you because they don't want their ego crush. But guess what? There's no need for you to fake an orgasm when you can actually have honest, real conversations about what pleases you and how often you need to be pleased. 
And we also talked about this on episode 24, the episode with Sheila Ray Gregoire, and she was talking about marital consent. Now that, y'all, is a conversation that we definitely need to be having more, especially in the church, because there are so many wives who still feel like they do not have agency over their own body. They feel like they have to have sex regardless, and that is not healthy. You still need consent in marriage. And so this conversation surrounding sex and, you know, having different sex drives, it has nothing to do with obligations and commands. This is about teaching you how to have a healthy conversation when your sex drives are different. So make sure that you're not shaming each other. Make sure that you are not bringing some Bible teaching into this and trying to manipulate your spouse using the word of God. Never, ever do that. When you're having good, healthy conversations surrounding sex, you're going to notice that you have a greater connection, and this is going to test your ability to compromise. I mean, come on, if you're married and you can't compromise, that means you can't say, you know, this is really important to me, but I know that this is really important to you. And so how can we meet in the middle? How can we actually come to an agreement where we're both satisfied? You can do this, guys. I promise you can. The other thing that you're going to need to ask yourself is, are you dealing with a sexual dysfunction or a relational dysfunction? And what I mean by that is that so oftentimes, y'all, we'll focus on the external behaviors. The relationship isn't going well, but you're focused on the sex not going well. Sex or a lack of sex can actually be a symptom of a deeper relational problem. And so dig deeper and find out, is our relationship even healthy? Are we communicating like we should? Is our relationship built on those pillars of trust and forgiveness and love and respect? Ask yourself, is my relationship healthy? If your relationship isn't healthy, you need to be focusing on getting that relationship healthy before you're so concerned about our sex life not being healthy. Because you can have a very unhealthy marriage and have a great sex life and your marriage still fall apart. As a matter of fact, there are some couples who don't have it going on necessarily in the sex department, but they love each other, they respect each other, they're friends, they spend quality time together, their relationship is healthy, but they just need a little bit of improvement on the sex side. I don't know about you, but I would choose option B every time. Give me a healthy relationship because if my relationship is healthy enough and if I've got that trust in my marriage and I can talk to my spouse about anything, then I know and I'll have the confidence that we can fix the sexual differences situation. Fellas, are you sick of your wife being too tired for sex? Ladies, do you get annoyed that all your husband seems to want is sex? What if you could take your intimate connection to the next level? I want to teach you about making love outside of the bedroom. Come learn how to make your lovemaking sessions last all day long. Join my hubby Sean and I for a hot and spicy virtual workshop on Tuesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll help you and your spouse to rekindle those loving feelings you felt when you first came together and make your marriage exciting again. Come with your spouse or come by yourself. Register today for the virtual workshop at danashay.com slash workshops. Whether you've been married for 30 days or 30 years, you won't want to miss this workshop. Register now at danashay.com slash workshops. 
because it's time you made your marriage bed great again. All right. Well, listen up, guys. The workshop was actually supposed to be on Tuesday, which is today, if you're listening to this on the date this podcast episode was released. But we have actually pushed it back to Friday, February 19th. So if you are listening to this podcast episode before Friday or on Friday, February 19th, this is your last call. This is the last opportunity that you have to register. So head over to DanaShea.com slash workshops. We'd love to see you there. All right, guys, let's jump back into the conversation. I can think back to a time where Sean and I had very different sexual drives. And to be honest, sometimes we still do. We're not always on the same page concerning this area. But I remember there was a specific time where it seemed like I just was not interested at all. And looking back on that time, I was under immense stress. I had a really big project going on. It was the launch of my first book. I had a newborn at the same time. So I was literally getting up in the middle of the night, feeding the baby, and then writing in the wee hours of the morning. Well, Sean's a light sleeper. And so a lot of times when he would hear me get up, he thought, oh, it's my time now, you know? And I was like, no, 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 no. Sorry, buddy. You're not getting in on this one. And it caused a lot of friction because we were just on two different pages. Now, back then, I didn't have the wisdom that I have today, and so I didn't know how to communicate with him. It wasn't him. It was just I was tired. Literally, I was just existing on fumes. And so I didn't have a desire. That was the last thing on my mind. And especially women, I think a lot of times we discount the major changes that your body goes through when you have a baby. So if you're a husband listening to me and your wife has like given birth to a human being, a living thing, and you're wondering why is she not in the mood? Hello, sir. She just gave birth to a human being. Her hormones are all over the place. Even if she's breastfeeding, her hormones are still all over the place. And so give her grace in that situation. Give her grace. As I said before, this is probably a temporary situation. And so instead of putting pressure on each other, husband or wife, instead of putting pressure on each other, like, how come you don't want to have sex? When we got married, you always wanted to have sex. You told me that you were always going to be in the mood. Instead of doing all of that, then we need to learn how to give each other grace Ask your spouse, is there something else going on? Because sometimes, y'all, can we really be real? There are sometimes we're not in the mood to have sex because it's something that our spouse is doing or not doing, and we're not brave enough to tell them what they're doing wrong. I was leading a marriage conference last year, and one of the wives was talking about her husband having body odor. And y'all, like, this is just as real as it gets, right? And so me and there was another uh, a lady on my team, and we were talking to this woman. And, and so the lady on my team, she said, you know, have you ever talked to your husband about his body odor issue? And the wife was like, no. And I, my heart just went out to her because y'all know, like, when you're talking to somebody and they have bad breath, like, are you the kind of person that will tell them that they have bad breath? Because I'm not. Like, I just feel, I'm just so embarrassed for them. I don't want them to feel bad. And it's like, I know that I should tell them because they're going to go off and they're going to talk to other people. And if, by the way, if I'm that person, like, if you ever have a conversation with me and I have bad breath, please just slip me a piece of gum. Like a lot of times that's all you need to do is just slip him a piece of gum. And so that's (laughs) what we told this lady. We're like, maybe you should like make a bath for your husband and like encourage him to take it, you know, make it really like 
romantic and, you know, put his favorite scents in there and like try to do all these things to kind of like encourage him. And we're trying to like coach her through this because, and they were an older couple, but she just did not feel comfortable telling him. Well, because she had dealt with this for so many years, she literally had zero desire for her husband, y'all. And my heart just broke because I thought, man, what if she would have told this dude earlier on? Now he's in a habit of bad hygiene and it's almost irreparable. And so if there is an issue in your marriage, you need to be able to have that vulnerability and you need to be able to have that bravery and tell your spouse if there's something that they're doing. If you're struggling and the sexual experience itself, if something is hurting, if something doesn't feel good, if there's a lot of friction that's not like good friction, speak up because what's going to happen is you're not going to want to have sex. Your brain is going to say, "Uh uh-uh, remember the last time we did this? We don't like this. We don't want to do this. And then before you know it, you're going to be telling yourself sex isn't enjoyable. When it's not that sex isn't enjoyable, you're having an experience that's not enjoyable. Sex is very enjoyable, but you need to be able to get to the point where your experience is also enjoyable. So what happens, y'all, if we choose not to have the conversation surrounding sex? Well, that's going to lead to a whole lot of negative things in your relationship. The first one being a loss of connection. And we've talked about this in this episode, that sex is one of the things that binds you together. It's glue. It's like the glue that God causes for a married couple to be bonded together. If you are not having regular sex, you're going to miss out on some of that connection. The other thing that can happen is feelings of rejection on both sides. So not just the spouse who has the higher sex drive. Are they going to feel rejected because the other spouse is always saying no? Yes. But then what happens is that spouse is going to get tired of being rejected. And so they're going to stop initiating. And so the spouse who was saying no, 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 is also going to feel like, dang, my spouse isn't even interested in me. He or she isn't even initiating sex with me anymore. Even though I've been telling them no, I still want them to ask. And by the way, y'all, can we just make sure that we're not playing any like childish games, that we're not enticing our spouses just to tell them no, thinking that they want to chase? They do, especially men. Men do like a chase, but he doesn't want to have to chase you and then be rejected. So let's make sure that we're not doing that. When our sex drives are different and we can't come to an agreement, it can also cause depression isolation, insecurity, loneliness, all of those negative emotional reactions because your spouse doesn't want to connect with you on this deep level. And then finally, it can also cause temptation. Now, hear what I am not saying. I am not saying that if your spouse chooses to have an affair, it's because you didn't have sex with him or her. That is not true. I will never put that burden of proof on you. But what I am going to say is that if you choose not to have regular sex with your spouse, you are opening a door for them to be tempted. Now, what they choose to do with that temptation is 100% their choice. It is 100% their responsibility. But we're fooling ourselves if we think that if we don't take care of each other's needs, we're not setting our spouses up to actually have that need met outside of our marriage. So be real, real careful here. If you find yourself continuing to reject your spouse's advances, 
Like I said before, if there's a problem, talk about the problem, see what you can do to come together as often as both of you agree to come together. One of the things that helps couples who are having these differences in sexual desire is scheduling sex. We talked about this in episode 22, I believe, maintenance sex. And the whole idea is that if you can get sex on your calendar, then you don't have to worry about, am I in the mood or not? It's already scheduled. You know, I have certain things that are on my calendar that are scheduled whether I want to do them or not, like doing my ab workout at night. It's on the calendar. So guess what? It doesn't matter if I want to do it or not. I have coaching clients that are on the calendar. I can't call my client and be like, sorry, I'm not in the mood today. It's on the calendar and we're going to get this done. Likewise, if you put sex on your calendar and if you're the one that's going to initiate that day, I promise you, you're going to come up with some creativity. You're going to come up with some ideas. You're going to come up with some kind of excitement because this is your day. And if you're not excited about it, get excited about it. You guys know that we are not controlled by our feelings, right? Like don't allow your feelings to rule your life. So if you're not in the mood and if you don't feel like it and you don't have the desire, well, guess what? You can do things to get in the mood. So if you're a woman, I'm a woman, I'm gonna talk from the woman's perspective. If you don't want to have sex and that's your day to initiate, then what you can do is what I do. What I'll do is I'll make myself a bath. I love taking baths and we've got this beautiful big old bathtub. I will put some bath bombs in there, my bubble bath in there, my candles. I'll turn my music on. I'll dim the lights. I'm getting my mind right. I'm getting myself in the mood getting myself in the mood, i.e. I was not in the mood before this experience. But when I come out, I'm going to be much more in the mood. Another thing that you can do to get in the mood to have sex is talking about sex. The more you talk about sex, the more you're going to want to have sex. And speaking of, the more you have sex, the more you want to have sex. And so you might be thinking, I just don't feel like it. I'm just not there, Dana. I'm telling you, Start having sex more often. Give yourself a challenge, a seven-day challenge, a five-day challenge, an every-other-day challenge, some kind of challenge where come hell or high water, you're going to do this thing. And let me know how you feel after that challenge is over. I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer for you. Another thing that you want to be able to do is make sure that wherever you guys are going to have your experience is clean. Nobody wants to have sex in some junky room with toys all over the place and food plates and and dishes and laundry. But make sure that your area is cleaned up. Make it inviting. Bring out that lingerie that your spouse bought you three years ago that you wore one time and never wore again. If you're a guy, make sure you're not wearing holy pants. Women are not quite as visual as men, but we're visual too. Give us something good to look at, all right? And on the flip side, women, give your husband something good to look at. Even if you don't go all the way through, like I said, even if it's not penetration, sometimes just a good tease, sometimes just a good heavy petting session, sometimes some good old oral sex, sometimes a good old makeout session, all of those things can go a long way to helping your spouse to have their sexual needs met and also helping you to kind of warm up to the idea of doing this more often. You all, sex is so beautiful when done right. It's so important. And this is why we dedicated an entire series to talking about married sex. There are far too many couples who are really missing out on the benefits 
the health benefits, the emotional benefits, the relational benefits, the physical benefits. There's so many benefits, the spiritual benefits even to having sex. And so my desire for you is that even when you have different sex drives, that you use even that difference to come together and to have conversations that will connect you. Having conversations through conflict will connect you like nothing else will. So go out there, you guys, try some new things, keep it engaging, keep it exciting. Don't get boring. Don't get passive. Don't neglect this very important part of your relationship. All right, you guys. Well, I gave you some real practical nuggets there that I hope that you will actually put into practice. The word practical, the root word is practice. So you got to go do the stuff, okay? And I want to hear from you. So many of you, like I said earlier in the intro, I hear from you guys on social media, but I need you to write a review on this podcast. How do you do that? Well, if you follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I believe, there is a place if you click on the show itself, you will see that there are different ratings. So if this podcast has meant something to you, write a review, write about what you learned, Write about maybe a question that was answered on this podcast. And of course, I always appreciate when you share this information with others who can grow from this knowledge as well. So thank you guys so very much for listening today. Can't wait for our next episode. We are almost done with this All About Sex series. I've got a special surprise for you guys coming up. It's a great offer. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Well, hey, listen, if you've never checked out realrelationshiptalk.com, head on over there now. I've got a series of different products and services that I want to offer you from workshops to e-courses to my free ebook, The Five Relationship Mistakes That Are Wrecking Your Life. If you don't have that, friend, you need to get that. It's totally free and it's gonna really shed some light on some of the hidden mistakes, some of your blind spots that you're probably making in your relationship. So you can find all that over on realrelationshiptalk.com. Well, that's it for today's episode, you guys. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. You've been drowning in the dark tale. I hope was Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.